Heavenly Father, once again, we are grateful to be in your midst, Lord. We're thankful for all what you have done for us, especially for your son, Jesus, that you would give up your only son to die in our place. Now, Lord, as we open up thy word, we ask that you would open up our hearts, Lord. We ask that you would guide us by your Holy Spirit so that we can understand spiritual things because spiritual things are only spiritually discerned. Give us your spirit today. Guide us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Surviving the end times is the title. You know, we live in a world that is not the same world as our forefathers. We can truly say we now live in a world where nations are angry, earthquakes and tsunamis are destroying with great force and great frequency. Pestilence is all around us. Who heard of COVID-19 before last year? 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 to 12 reads, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteousness, unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusions that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Deceptions, lies are everywhere. Everything we hear on our news is biased. No one believes in telling the truth. Even in our churches, we hear lies. In business meetings, lies. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 9, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which says they are Jews and are not, but do lie. We hear from both outside and within the church, lies. In times like these, we need to be able to distinguish between the truth and the lie. Or we will not survive the end times and be saved. John 17, 17 through 19. 17 begins with, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Verse 19, and for their sakes, I sanctify them. I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. We don't have to believe the lie. God will sanctify us by his truth. His word is truth. You know, there was a battle raging, and like any other battle, in order to survive, we need to have 
put on and use the right type of armor. You notice when our warriors go to war, there's a particular type of gear that they wear, right? Anytime you go to battle, the warriors always wear armor. Ephesians 6, 10-18, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, armor is a protective covering that is used to present, prevent damage from being inflicted on an object, individual, or vehicle by direct contact, usually during combat, or from damage caused by a potentially dangerous environment or activity. Only those in battle put on armor. We are living in a war zone. Peace and safety is gone. We, if we are to survive the end times, we need to be wearing the proper armor to go up against the enemy we are at battle with. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, which means the battle we are fighting is not against one another, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So how do we fight against spiritual wickedness in high places? On our knees. Amen. 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, And having done all to stand, verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. What does it mean to gird up your loins? You want to know where your loins are. In the Bible days, the men wore tunics. It was like a robe. So it went from here all the way down to the bottom of your feet, right? So when they, they wanted to do hard work, or they needed to go into battle, they had to pull up their tunics above their knees and tie it around their loins. So they had, they had to pull up the dress all the way up here, and their loins was this part right here, so they had to tie it so they could move their feet. Right? If you're in battle, you want to be able to move your feet. And tie it around their loins or their private parts like it was a big old diaper. But they was able to move. That this would allow them to move freely and be ready for battle. The battle we are fighting is a spiritual battle. So how do we become ready for a spiritual battle? When Satan came to tempt Christ in the wilderness, he came with scripture. Misquoted scripture, but still he came with scripture. 
Christ's reply was always with Scripture. Christ's response to temptation was, it is written. The only way we can be ready to fight this battle is if we have memorized Scripture in advance. Now, we don't talk about much about memorizing Scripture. We do a lot of studying, but do we do a lot of memorizing? You know, we may not have our phones always. You know, we, we didn't put down a Bible because our Bible's in our phones, but what happens when our phone doesn't work? Hmm? What happens when our phone doesn't work? Have you memorized Scripture in advance? So when we are tempted, we can say like Jesus, it is written. It is written from memory. How can we be ready to fight with the truth if we have not learned and memorized the truth? Gird up your loins and be ready with the truth. Continuing in verse 14. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate covers and protects the heart. It is the heart that pumps the blood throughout the entire body. Without the blood, we die. Without the blood of Jesus running through our veins, we die spiritually. We need to be covered in the blood of Jesus. By the blood, I am justified. By the blood, I am forgiven. By the blood, I have peace with God. By the blood, I have the power to overcome the enemy. Revelation twelve eleven, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. The Bible says in Revelation that they overcome by the blood of Jesus. And there's an and there. And by the word of your testimony, your testimony is just as powerful for you and someone else as the blood of Jesus. Once you accept Christ, you got to give a testimony of what Christ has done for you. Because, you know, someone else is going through something that you went through. And when they hear your story today, yeah, we want to read the Bible stories about Daniel and David and how they trusted God. But what about someone today? Have you trusted God? You know, I want to tell a story. It's a modern day story. There's a woman here in America who had it's good. She had just received her divorce. She had just divorced her husband. She had five kids, two were still at home. And uh, she had said for a long time, I'm going to become a Jehovah's Witness. Because the Jehovah's Witnesses was knocking on doors and they was, giving the, they was giving the gospel. Well, she went, she visited the Jehovah's Witness, she visited the Methodists, she visited this church and that church. And lo and behold, she had a friend who was an Adventist and asked her to give, uh, if she wanted a Bible study. Well, she said yes. She wanted a Bible study. The pastor was supposed to come by our house. The pastor couldn't come for some reason. 
And a woman was praying that a man and a woman would come to her house so she can show to her kids that it was right for, for somebody to stay married with their husband. The pastor couldn't make it, so he asked the first elder to go give the Bible study. And you know, the first elder had never given a Bible study. But by faith, he agreed to give a Bible study to this woman. And when he showed up at the door, and mom opened up the door, and there was a husband and wife. And as a result of that Bible study, she became an Adventist. Now, as learning the different truth in the Adventist faith, one of the truths were marriage. And so she made plans to get her husband back. She was remarried. And as a result of being remarried, they had two houses. And they wanted to move from California to Texas. But a house they decided to sell, it was, the roof was over 10 years old, and in California, regardless of what it looks like, you have to get a new roof. But there was also another issue. that a chimney, and right behind the chimney, inside the chimney, there was a bunch of bees. So they had to get the beekeeper out. They had to get the builders out. Beekeeper was supposed to show up on Tuesday. The, the roofers were supposed to show up on Thursday. When nobody showed up on Tuesday, nobody showed up on Thursday, and Sabbath morning comes, and the roofers are showing up. She has just accepted the Sabbath message. You cannot work on my house on Sabbath. Her husband was not Adventist. He said, oh, yes, they can do it. So she goes to church, distraught, crying the whole time. Go through church, come back home. We look over at the roof. Looks the same, no difference. And dad gives his story. It was four roofers. One stayed on the bottom, handing out materials to the three guys on the top of the roof. And it was a rock roof, so they had to scrape the rocks off and then do the tar or whatever they were doing. But as they were scraping the rocks off the roof, there was a little, there was some bees came out the chimney and came over to the guys, and they start spraying them. Little white mist, and they left. And the guys are having just great time. You know, you know, we make a joke on everything. The bees are just doing it on y'all. But they didn't say doing it. They said some other colorful words. Bees left. The guy just kept going, kept going at the roof. And it seemed like, my dad seems like the entire beehive came out of that chimney and attacked those guys on the roof. Ran them off the roof. The guys were brave. Bees left. The guys went back on the roof. Started banging again. Bees came out again. Ran them off the roof. And I guess they didn't decide to go up a third time. So the guy who was always at the bottom, he went up and got all the gear and came back down. Amazing thing. If that wasn't amazing enough, not one guy got stung by a bee. But they was ran off the roof. God is still in the miracle working business about his Sabbath today. Today. The blood of lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the word, we are living in the last days. We all have a testimony to share. Verse 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
Normally feet are shod with shoes. Here your feet are shod covered with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Feet stands for movement. Preparation means being prepared for whatever test or issue we may find ourselves in. We should always be learning and preparing to share the gospel of peace, which is the good news of Jesus, while being on the move. Why be on the move? When Jesus truly comes into your life, a change comes over you, and you can't keep still. You know, when you accept Jesus, you ever seen a new believer? Hmm? They telling everybody. They moving everywhere. Why should we still be moving? This is a battle tactic. Moving is a battle tactic. It is hard to be hit if you are on the move. If you are moving, busy doing God's work, you can't be hit. It's hard to be hit. That's a battle tactic. Verse 16. Above all. Taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The shield is the first line of defense against an enemy's attack. The shield is the first line of defense against the enemy's attack. A good shield, and knowing how to use that shield, keeps you in the battle longer and more than likely is the difference between living and dying in battle. A good shield is the difference between living and dying in battle. We have the shield of faith. We have a shield built on faith, built by faith. Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 is called the faith chapter because it gives a list of so many of the faithful of God. We are told by faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, the harlot, Rahab. Perish not with them that believe not. Now, if a harlot can have enough faith not to perish, what about us? What about us? Saints of the living God, it is high time we start cultivating and building on our faith in Jesus. Our faith. In Jesus, verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. A helmet is a shield for the head. And like a shield, it may make the difference between living and dying in battle. Our battle is spiritual. So having the proper helmet for us is the difference between being in the first resurrection or being in the second. It is called the helmet of salvation. The brain is, a center of the, is centered in the head. The center of our consciousness, our awareness, 
is in the head. Salvation is a thought process. It must be desired. You have to believe in your mind that Jesus is the Son of God and died in your place. John 3.16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. John 1, 1 and 3 and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Going down to verse 14. And the word was made flesh. Aren't you so happy the word was made flesh and dwelt among us? Jesus dwelt among us, prepared a body for us so we don't have to die. He died for us. Why would we die for ourselves? If God has did it, all we have to do is accept him. Surviving the end times requires that we trust and believe that salvation is only through Jesus Christ, our God. There is no other name under the sun whereby we can be saved. No other name for our salvation. And 17 continues. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword is the only piece of armor that is used for offense. I'm let that seek in a little bit. The only piece of armor that we have for offense is the word of God. Not backbiting. Not tattling and this and that. And oh you should do this. No. Offense. The only offensive weapon we have is the word of God. Isaiah 49.2 And he made my mouth like a sharp sword. Revelation 1.16, he had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Psalms 119.05. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. John 17.17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Hebrews 4.12, I hope y'all love scripture, because I like to (laughs) read a little bit of scripture, because we are saved by what we read. It is the Bible that teaches us how we ought to live, and if we are not studying and reading it, how can we truly be Christians? How can we call ourselves Christians if we're not studying the word of God? Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You can lie to man, but you cannot lie to God. And when the word is in us, we will be able to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. We will be able to tell, to distinguish between the truth and the lie. Y'all hear that? 
It is the word of God that gives us the distinguishing mentality to understand what a lie is and what the truth is. But if you're not reading God's word and you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to come into your heart to help you to understand God's word, how can you distinguish what a lie is? And there's many lies going around. Every time, you know, I, I hate to turn on the, tu- the news anymore because it's all lying or it's all biased. You know, and I'm trying to find out what's going on in the world. I just have to just, just flick it off. You know. But we have to stay in the word. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praying always. Colossians 4.2 Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Pray without ceasing. Saints, we should always be praying. We pray too little and expect too much. If there was ever time ever a time that we should be on our knees praying, it is now. Prayer changes things. Prayer brings us into the presence of a holy God. Hebrews 10, 19, 23. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest of the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed with a pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. God has given us so many promises. Our job is to believe and act upon that belief. Because the battle is not ours. You know, oftentimes we think that we're fighting a battle. We're not fighting a battle because we can't win the battle. So why would we fight the battle? Let that sink in. You know, we can't win the battle. So why do we think we're fighting the battle? But we can't win the battle. Jesus has fought the battle for us. Our job is to believe that he has fought for us. The faith chapter is about those who believe that Christ won the battle for you and me. That's how we get the victory, is actually believing that we have someone who has already fought the battle for us and has won. When Christ died on that cross and gave up the ghost, he died my death. He died your death. We already won. We just have to believe and act like it. That's it. Believe and act like it. That's hard. But it's still required. Just because it's hard don't mean I can't do it. It just means that you just need to take a little effort. Got to get up. Right? Where was I? Kind of went detoured a little bit. Hebrews 18. For this is the covenant that I make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds. And write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, but every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, 
from the least to the greatest. Verse 12, for I will be merciful through their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. I will I remember no more. Second Corinthians 6, 2, 3 says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Don't you want to be helped? Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It is now. You know, there is no more waiting. It is now. We need to give our lives, our hearts over to Christ now, unreservedly. Because, you know, we heard earlier, we're living in the last days. There's no time left. If you don't begin preparing yourself today, how do you expect to win a battle later? How do, you, how do you expect your faith to grow if you're not exercising that faith for it to grow? We have a message, church. Revelation 14, 6 to, 20, 6 to 12 is our message to the world. We all should be singing the same song. <clears throat> Noah's message to the world was simply Get in the boat. How do you preach a message for 120 years? Get in the boat. Can you believe receiving that same message? Get in the boat. It never rained, but still the message God gave Noah this message for 120 years. How long have we had the three angels message? It's still the same, but sometimes we deter for them because it's the same thing. But our message is still the three angels' message. Noah's message was get in the boat. Our message is not going to change. We just have to implement what God has required us to implement. Why are we not preaching and hearing the three angels' message for the time that we have left on this earth? This is the message that God has given to us to preach. We need to preach it until we get in the boat. Which means until Christ comes, we ought to be preaching that message. Revelation 3.21 To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my father in his throne. Verse 22 He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. I hope that we will be prepared to be ready when God calls us. You know, we, have, we are living in a time that no one else has ever lived in before. And it's time now that we ought to be planning the Bible in our hearts. It ought to be in our hearts and minds because we may not have a cell phone. You know, I don't know if you've been around where your cell phone went off and you couldn't call somebody. You know, it's like we're so addicted to these things that when we don't have it, we're like, oh. But when we don't have our Bible, are we saying, oh? Because we're not reading our Bible. It's not that close to us. We're fooling ourselves. We need to be connected to our Bible the way we're connected to our phone. In and out of season. And man, we should have three or four Bibles on our phone. And you know, our cars are so good now, you can play the Bible on your car as you're driving down the road. But we, it's high time that we stay connected 
and give our testimony so that we can help others stay connected to God. We are truly, this is it. There is no other time. This is it. Heavenly Father, once again, we're so thankful for your word, Lord. We're so thankful for your grace and your mercy and your providence and your word to show us the truth so we don't have to believe a lie. And the truth is, is that God loves us. And he has demonstrated our love through his son. And it is our duty to accept his sacrifice, his love for us. And Lord, we ask that you would help us by your Holy Spirit to accept what you have done for us. And to be ready when you come in the clouds of glory. In Jesus' name, amen.